Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. I want to ask you a question right now. How do you feel you do with being able to respond or react? Now, this obviously depends on how we feel on a normal daily basis or what's been happening around us or how many kids are screaming around us or things that are happening or what's spilled on the floor. But I will tell you that I'm pretty sure all of us here on the podcast right now definitely would love some advice and maybe some direction and maybe some inspiration about how we can react less and respond more. So we're going to kind of get into exactly what that means with our presenter today, which is so which is Elise Knox is going to be with us today and she's going to teach us about the difference between those two and how we can respond the way that we want to instead of react to the situations that are around us. So Elise, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background and and what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, so I am a life and wellness coach, and I specialize in working with moms and teens, and then like moms of teens. Um, and I started my coaching career as a health, a functional health coach, and found quickly that though I love nutrition for myself, that's not what I wanted to coach on. I love the mental, emotional. Piece, and I love working with moms as I am a mom myself. Um, I have two kids. They are six tomorrow and nine this summer and a 24-year-old stepson. So I've done teenage years. That's like when people are always like, but you don't have teens. I'm like, oh, I have, I have done the teen years. Um, and uh, so I did this health coach training program working as a health coach in a Uh, middle school and high school and really loved working with that population um, and also felt like I needed a little bit more coach training because my health coach training wasn't wasn't quite enough so I did a life coach training program which really kind of brought everything together and now I work not in a school anymore but for myself and I work with moms and teens and when I work with the teens I work with kind of the whole I bring the, the family or the mom typically, or the dad into it as well. Awesome. Yeah. I have not entered into the teenage years yet, but I was that (laughs) teenager that my parents probably would have hired you for. (laughs) I caused a little bit of trouble. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's funny. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, good handful of us have gone through something like that, either being the teenager or going through it as, as parents. So that'll be a exciting time of life as well. And, um, so I, I love that you were helping the kids in the middle school. So tell me a little bit about what you did with them. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, middle school is actually the time that most of my teen clients come to me and oftentimes they're, they're girls. So like 13 year old girls are kind of my Um, when I work with teens and then oftentimes that's the time too where the mom and the daughter are having a lot of struggles power struggles a lot of the time Um, it's just a big change for both people involved Um, and so what I work with the teens on is really like self-leadership so much in that time of life 
the, the, the girls that come to me are questioning like so many things like what is what what do I like what are my values like why is this social situation so hard for me like why can't I order a smoothie at Jamba Juice anymore um and then their moms are like yo what like what happened to my baby girl and then like that energy put on to the teen is like that makes them push away even harder. And so it's just really this um, interesting time where the teen is really learning about who who they are and who they want to be. And it may be a little different than who they were as a younger child. And that can be really confusing and not having like, and they don't always want to share about those changes with their mom. And they don't always want to share about them with a peer. And so a lot of it is internalized. And so having a third party adult who the parent trusts and to the team, like I, it doesn't usually take very long for a team to open up to me. It's just really supportive for them to be able to talk through these things with me. Wow. That's so interesting. We might have to bring you back <laughs> to talk about that, that, that I, I wish that more teens had a resource like that. Because I feel like if, if there was a re if there was someone that they could talk to that they trusted, you're right. That isn't the parent or isn't the peer, but is a trusted source of safety that they could, they could speak to. Then I feel like a lot of the problems during the teenage years might be skipped because, you know, they're, they'd be able to figure out their identity without having to experiment with like 5 million things to figure out what they yeah. like or don't like. And some of them can yeah. be really damaging and catch them up in, and lots of dangerous things if they head in the wrong direction. So very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to our regular subject. I was just <laughs> like, you're, that is a very interesting topic. We will, we will have to talk about that another time. Um, yes. But I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about reacting and responding and the difference between them and, and what we can do with those. Yeah, so I like to think about um, responding, which is what like I want to do as much of the time as possible. And disclaimer, like none of us do that all the time, you know. So this is like what we're striving for, and also we give ourselves compassion and grace because, like you mentioned at the in in the like introduction, things fell on the floor. You've had a long day. You're tired. Like things happen, and we react sometimes, but. We strive to respond and that is coming from a place where you can take like the trigger or the event happens and there's a little bit of space between the event that is causing turmoil inside of you and how you react or respond to the event. So, you know, whether it's, like we all have that experience of a, of a young child spilling something and you're like, you've just mopped the floor. You've just cleaned up a hundred other messes. And you're like, how could you do that? <laughs> and that's a reaction. A response is like maybe a moment for a breath in between the spill. And when you open your mouth and like, oh, what a bummer. Would you like to help me clean this up? Yeah. Well, and that definitely takes practice. I'll tell you, 
I, I yeah. have a two-year-old that's pretty active that's comparable to multiple children at one time. Um, oh. and yeah, it really does take a lot of practice to, you know, when for, for just saying like, if a mom is already feeling overwhelmed with everything mm-hmm. that she has to do, and then they have a toddler or just, you know, a four-year-old or something that is continually making messes and making more work for the mom, then mm-hmm. it can be that, that can be a trigger right there of like, look, mm-hmm. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm trying so hard mm-hmm. yet. I'm having to literally, I'm not able to finish these things I'm wanting to finish because I literally am having a new mess to clean up every 20 minutes from this child. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it is, you know, after the fifth mess of the day, mm-hmm. maybe you've responded Mm-hmm. as well as you could for some of the, the first ones. But by the time you get to the fifth, tell me about that moment. How do we, how do we get ourselves to respond instead of react in that moment when it's been like an ongoing thing all day? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, my thoughts on that are that like, if we're only practicing these, like, okay, this is the trigger. Now I'm taking a deep breath and now I'm responding. If we're only practicing really what it, that is, is calming our nervous system in the moments of the trigger, like you're right. You get to the fifth time of the day and you're done. Like you can't do it anymore. If you have a practice where you're um, throughout the day, even when you're not really triggered by something where you're checking in with yourself and like how do I feel right now and taking a few breaths maybe like giving yourself a little quick like massage um just like taking a few moments to slow everything down doing things to calm your nervous system even when your nervous system is already calm it it like exercises yourself so that when you're toddler or whoever does the fifth thing or the seventh thing of the day you you're like extra it's a muscle you know you're building a muscle and you have a little bit more space to respond even on the fifth time that you had on the third and fourth so kind of what I'm hearing is I I don't know if you've used this type of language before but like grounding yourself Mm -hmm. You know, like, so saying that that's a practice that you're doing throughout the day, Mm -hmm. instead of only practicing it when there's a triggering moment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like more balance. It doesn't mean that you're like sitting in a quiet room and meditating for five minutes or whatever that that is for you. It means that like, because you have four children, you don't have time to do that. I'm sure every day. Um, but it means that like throughout your day, you're checking in with yourself. Cause when I notice that I'm reacting instead of responding with my girls, it's been a crazy day on my own where like, I mean with them, but like, I've been having a lot going on too. So I'm already up here and then they're probably up here in their energy level too. And then I haven't been checking in with myself. And then I'm quick to react. So what does checking in with yourself look like for you? Yeah. So I like to just like, for me, breath is kind of the easiest and it's something that I can do um, everywhere. And nobody's like, what is that weird lady doing? Um, So uh, I just like 
really like to focus on elongating my exhale because I can find that sometimes I'm breathing a little bit too quickly and I'm not paying attention to this, this thing that we all do. Um, so if you just, if you elongate your exhale, you automatically elongate your inhale. And so it's, and, and you'll notice if you do it, like your nerves start to just kind of come down and it doesn't have to be like, there are also other breath techniques of like breathing in for four, holding for five and breathing out for a longer one as well, like four, five, six. Um, but those you have to be a little bit more like counting in your head. And so for me, just if I'm in a moment of like busyness or if I'm feeling that I'm getting a little agitated, just focusing on breathing out for longer than I'm breathing in, just like focusing on that longer exhale is helpful. That's great. Yeah. And you're right. That is something that you can take with you everywhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, it doesn't take up room in your purse. It doesn't, no. you know, you can't forget it. I mean, it's always yeah. with you. <laughs> always there. Okay. Another thing that I like to do is just like have a hot cup of tea. You know, I work from home. So I have the luxury of like, I, uh, I tend to pack my day very full while the girls are at school, but like midday I'll go like get a cup of tea and rather than just like waiting till it's cold enough to drink and chugging it, I like wrap my hands around the mug and like smell the tea, just things that are like slowing down and appreciating like the smaller things. Yeah, I think that's a really good practice because I, I really do feel like us as moms, like we do kind of go like a mile a minute sometimes. And, you know, I always, my mom always used to be like, stop making so much noise. Right. And we, we'd always do the opposite and make more noise. Cause we uh -huh. thought it was funny, which is horrible now that I think about it, but like as moms, like we sometimes need a moment of stillness of silence. I mean, at least I do, like, I need something to just everyone sit still for a second or me go for a drive by myself for 20 mm -hmm. minutes or, you know, just some type mm -hmm. of silence. And I think mm -hmm. be like, your two ideas there of your breath and drinking some tea and like really trying to focus on like enjoying the tea, it kind of brings like a form of like sacredness back into life, which is kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, like here I am in the moment. This is something that I can enjoy, enjoy the little things, it, like notice <laughs> the little things, smell the tea, look at the steam mm -hmm. coming up out of the tea you know, mm -hmm. look, you know, look at the color of the tea, different things. It definitely, it like brings you back to mm -hmm. the beauty of life that we've been given. Mm -hmm. And yeah, 100%. And just like that present moment of like, I mean, how many times have I drank a cup of tea and not noticed how it felt in my hands and not noticed how good it smelled and not noticed all these things because I'm like also working and, and multitasking. And so it is really, and like, I love that you like, drive for 20 minutes by yourself like you naturally are doing these things that calm your nervous system down that make you feel reconnected to yourself so that you can come back and be the mom that you want to be like I just don't think there can be enough emphasis on like connecting with ourselves first and foremost so that we can be super connected to our kids.
Yeah. Well, and I, I just want to point this out here. Like, so I'm definitely going to try the tea thing. I'm totally a tea drinker, but I've never like been in the moment with my cup of tea. And I'm totally going to try that literally after we get off this call right now. Um, <clears throat> my favorite tea I'm thinking about, I'm going to go get it. My favorite cup, everything. <laughs> but, um, like what, what I love is like, we can create those coping mechanisms for ourselves off something so simple. So mm -hmm. going for that 20 minute drive, that cup of tea, doing some breathing. If someone likes to draw, you know, there's like adult coloring books that are like, you know, mm -hmm. really pretty animals and, and floral things and, or what, you know, whatever there are, there are just so many different ways for us to relax. I personally, TV is ishy in relaxation, but I don't think really fills buckets as much as we need to, because it's more stimulation. Honestly, our, mm -hmm. our mind is getting filled with more. Um, so I, I personally don't think that TV is a, is a filler. I mean, it's a, a way to relax, but definitely not a filler and brings you back into the moment, which is, is what I'm kind of hearing that you're saying is yeah. that we need to kind of ground ourselves, bring us back into the moment and appreciate where we're at and feel the beauty in whatever way that we can do that. So I, I love that idea. Yeah, 100%. And totally like all of us have our own things that fill our cup. Like art is not my thing, but I know it is for some people and it can be so like just connecting and therapeutic to just sit and, you know, if it's like drawing or coloring, it's, pretty, it's wonderful. And it's finding those things for yourself so that before so that you you do that throughout your day and don't get like and you know like oh I have these few moments for myself cool yeah gardening is another one I just want to throw in there getting your hands yeah. dirty I love that my nails are so yeah. disgusting and covered with dirt like I've even tried anyway there I am out in the garden because it's like this is awesome by myself yeah, totally. everyone's in bed or something like that and I am enjoying the outside and the silence getting dirty I love it and growing things um, yeah. but I want to, I want to tap into something here. So say that a mom is practicing, uh, the, these sets. they're trying to create these coping, coping mechanisms for themselves of the breathing and the relaxing and, and grounding themselves. <clears throat> so, but as they're practicing and continually, those things keep happening and it doesn't seem to be enough for them in the moment. Like what advice would you give them as they, they maybe are reacting more than they're responding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's also really important to look at what, like, look at what is triggering us because as moms, it is typically a handful of things that are, that are really, that like really send us off into that reactive state. And so I love when I work with moms is just to like explore what it is about like this specific thing or that specific thing that's really like why is it so triggering to you and then really like dissect it and look at it because oftentimes the things that are most triggering to us are like they've traced back to when we were younger like if if we didn't have if we felt a need for like if nobody listened to us when we were little girls and you have kids and you're like it's time to go or dinner's ready and nobody comes and then you're like hey like dinner's ready and nobody comes like you're gonna feel a lot more triggered by that than 
something else because it's reminding you of when you were a little girl and nobody listened to you. So that is definitely something that like, especially if there's like a, a specific thing that keeps coming up that like keeps really like being so hard to respond to rather than react to is that there's oftentimes a connection to when we were younger. Yeah, no, totally. I think every single one of us needs some form of counselor or therapist to talk to because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just even sometimes when we have little things like that happen to us as children that kind of bleed into our adulthood and parenting, like Mm -hmm. not like there's nothing wrong with the idea of going to talk to someone and having your mind straightened out again and realizing that that's not your situation now. Mm -hmm. So I just like want to echo that, that therapy and counseling is totally normal, totally okay. And go talk your crap out, get it out, like go get it out. So it's not bugging the rest of your life. And it's like, if, I don't know, if, if you don't have someone to, um, like really like break these things down with, oftentimes it's just your little, your little self who's doing her best, like running the show and you're getting so triggered by all these things. When really like the reality is right now you're 35 or 40 and you, people do listen to you and you know, like all these things, but inside when nobody comes to dinner, it feels like you're five. And so it is so important to like be able to recognize that too, because that's when like the real change happens is when you have, you call for dinner and nobody comes. And instead of being like, ah, like I had for dinner already, you're like, oh, that's my little girl. She's feeling so sad right now. Like, let me comfort her and be like, it's okay. And then like respond from a different place. Yeah, I really like that. So something that I wanted to, to talk with you about is how we can use questions to give ourselves mm. time in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is like, if something is coming up and, um, and you don't know how to respond to it, uh, simple questions, like for example, even just like, Ooh, tell me more so that you have time to, to deal with whatever it is that's going on inside of you. And it can be like, you can have a go-to question that works in a lot of situations, like the one I just gave, or like, oh, I'm not really sure. Like, can you, can you give me a little bit more information on that? So that you have this space, again, I talked about the space in between earlier. And, and sometimes depending on who you're talking to, like your child, like they want you to, like they, they love talking and they love when you're interested in them and I think as parents sometimes we think like oh we have to they're asking me a question like I should have the answer right away and asking questions sometimes gives like it gives your child the opportunity or the chance to come up with the solution on their own to process yeah no I love that I will say though, as you were talking about that with the question thing, check your facial expressions, ladies, as you're asking that question, because I I'm just picturing myself, like if I'm upset 
And like, I'm going to ask a question to try to create space so that I can like make a better decision <laughs> and respond. I got to check my facial expression. Cause sometimes yeah. it'll be like, well, I say what, you know, yeah. like, hey, what did you just do? You know, so mm-hmm. like that coming with the questions, like I, I personally would have to think about my facial expression because my face is very responsive to how I feel, you know, like, wait a minute, like, you know, and I, I want to be a safe place for my kids to open up, right? Like we want to be, be a place where our kids feel like, oh, if I'm struggling with something or I did something wrong, it's okay for me to talk to mom or dad about it. Yeah. Well, and like this, like this conversation, the things that you just said, I just talked to the mom of a teen and she was like, well, I feel like I should have started a long time ago about this exact thing. Like if you want your kids as teenagers, cause right now your kids are younger, they come to you with everything. You are their person, you know? And so if you can start building in these habits of like, yeah, check your face, watch your facial expression and like your, your energy, you know, try as hard as you can to just like be open and listening and, and ask questions and be curious versus shutting down. Like that's the window to when they become a teenager and like, if you're practiced in that when they're little and they're coming to you with little things that are maybe annoying or frustrating but they're not like I want to go have a sleepover with my boyfriend um, and you you already are practiced in the facial expression and the tell me more about that they're going to be more likely to continue to come to you and you're going to be more likely to be able to respond instead of react I love that no totally true so what is the importance of self-regulation the importance of self-regulation is everything, especially with little ones. Um, and, but all the way through, I mean, with, it doesn't really matter. I think it, it's the same in a, in a partnership or like a marriage too. Um, like when we are calm and grounded and connected to ourselves, especially as moms, that energy is reflected on our children you know like everybody has mirror neurons we pick up on like what like I pick up on your energy you pick up on my energy and if I'm coming into a situation just anxious and overwhelmed and frustrated I mean I I I do this occasionally and I see especially with my younger daughter who's a little fierier I, I can like see it and how she responds to my energy and how quickly it becomes not a, not a calm situation versus when I come and maybe she's having a situation and she's not regulated and I come in with really calm energy, she can come down really quick. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that totally is, especially with the different personalities between us and our children. I think Uh that's a really good learning how to self-regulate is probably one of the best skill sets we could ever learn because we are literally around people all the time, everywhere Mm -hmm. that are different than us. Mm -hmm. And if we Mm -hmm. can learn how to really manage our own self and emotions, nervous system, Mm -hmm. uh, then the world is a lot better place because we are able to 
respond the way that we want to instead of react to everything that's thrown at us on a daily basis. Well, and that's like, um, I was doing this, this course on the nervous system and it was talking about how like the input that we take on and like our nervous systems just are not built for uh, knowing what's going on all over the world all the time, like bad things, because that's usually what's on the news. And so our nervous systems are already in overdrive. And if we can like limit the overwhelm of negative input and even sometimes positive, like (laughs) we just have a lot coming in. And um, even a hundred years ago, like we didn't know what was going on across the world and our nervous systems have not changed that much in a hundred years. And so really like the, the the game is being able to regulate your nervous system because and then like watching how it affects your children how it affects your husband how it affects the people at the coffee shop like yeah it's kind of everything yeah well yeah which is another plug that you don't need to be on media all the time. (laughs) I I mean, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I'm always trying to pitch, like, don't be on your phone and on media so much because it really does. Like, I, I mean, I've gone to people's houses where they've watched shows where there's literally like a tragedy every five minutes in the show. And it's Mm -hmm. like one of the weekly shows. Anyway, I was like shocked by what I Mm -hmm. saw like, I mean, disasters, like every five minutes Mm -hmm. in this 30 minute thing. And no wonder people struggle with lots of mental issues because they're seeing it on a regular basis, like through me, through like Hollywood stuff. That's Mm -hmm. like very good at portraying these horrible events. Right. So you're Mm -hmm. right. Like our nervous system needs a break. And especially as a mom being able Mm -hmm. to we need that energy to balance our nervous system for like, for taking care of the hard situations in our home, not situations that aren't even real or, you know, are outside yeah. of our control. Absolutely. And it's like, it's important. It's important to like be aware of the world and the situation, but like, yes, what you have and, and donate money. If that, if that's what you feel called to do, or you know volunteer your time but if you're raising a family and you have you know however many kids one three whatever and you are like showing up every day with this really like open calm energy that's making a change in the world because you're raising those kids like that if you have the same amount of kids and every day your energy is like frenetic and really scared and really worried because of what you see on tv or what you're watching on your phone whatever it is you know however the input you're taking in that's making an impact on the world also you know so I really do like sometimes it feels like I should be doing more but it's like if you can really if everyone was doing that that would be that would make a huge difference yeah and and you're right it's not being blind to what's going on like that's not but it's, there's a difference between knowledge and being engulfed in, mm-hmm. yeah. in the situation mm-hmm. where it's not really necessary unless you're no. completely involved in everything that's happening. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing these things. Um, what, 
real quick, what tips would you share to a mom that is trying to learn how to control and self-regulate herself um, as we close up the podcast right now? Yeah, I think that um, taking those mini micro moments to connect with yourself. I know that, you know, when my, when my kids were littler and I really didn't have much time, it felt like, yeah how will I ever do this you know and and like when they're napping you're like but I have all these like I have all these things I have to do and when they're awake you want to be with them all you know like whatever it is and it's like you it's letting go of some of that like that guilt of like having the laundry done and having everything done or whatever it is you know and like really prioritizing that connection with yourself Um, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like it really doesn't have to be a day at the spa, you know, that's, that's, I think self-care, like what I'm talking about is a form of self-care for sure. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but I think a consistent thing is what's really like going to make the change over a long period of time. It's funny. I, um, I like never woke up before my daughter, my oldest daughter until she went to kindergarten and she would wake me up and every morning I'd start just like kind of chaotic because I got woken up by my toddler five-year-old um and once I started waking up before my kids I feel like my life kind of changed (laughs) and because it's it's my time I have this like period of time in the morning where it's quiet and it's lovely and I used to not be a morning person at all, but now I do that even on the weekends because I know it just makes me feel better. And I know that's not an option for everybody because some people have infants and they're in bed and all of the things, but like finding that time for you, saying to your partner, or your husband, like, I need this. I need 20 minutes a day. I need an hour three times, whatever it is, so that you are making that time to really, and find what it is for you, like find what it is that makes you feel connected and feel peaceful and feel calm. Yeah. So there you have it, ladies. You got to take care of yourself to then take care of others. And I I think that if we can really, if we can really tap into what that really means for us, like that really is where the most peace and joy and fulfillment comes from Mm -hmm. is when we have taken care of our needs as well to be able to support everything that we're building and, and helping grow around us. Mm -hmm. 100%. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, where, where can people connect with you? I know that you're on Instagram at Elise Knox connection coach. And and what is your website? EliseKnox.com. Yeah. Awesome. Those are my two main, main spots. Yeah. And your website is super cute. So go check her out ladies and see what she does there. Um, Now, is there anything else that, or were you going to do a a monthly master class or did you have something that you wanted to share with our ladies? Yeah. So I have my, like, I'm really, because I work with moms and teens, I'm really passionate about communication because I feel like that's something, there's a lot of breakdown there sometimes. Um, and so that's like the number one question of moms of teens. They're like, how do I talk to my kid without triggering them? Or like, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I don't know what to say. 
So um, I have a communication guide. That's just a PDF downloadable. And then I have a masterclass that I do once a month that's free. And um, yeah, it's just like, I basically go over the guide and do any like coaching specific. Um, if somebody has like a specific situation. Um, yeah, it's good. Awesome. Okay. And is that on your website? Um, so that's on, if you go to elisenox.com slash communication, you can get the guide and the masterclass sign up is on there too. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom with us and having a conversation with me today. I, I feel like this is a really important topic that we all need to work on. Like every single one of us have something that triggers us or really gets us going. And we all want to be able to respond in the way we want to, instead of react to situations. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much for being with us today. And ladies, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.